Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode here at Chronicles. I am Amanda, your host, and today is Monday, January 8th, 2024. I hope your first week of 2024 started off well for all of you. Today, I don't know that I will have a lengthy message for you, but I do have just a few things to share. Some things that the Holy Spirit has so graciously shared with me over the first seven days of 2024. Full disclosure, y'all, it has come to my attention that I've been settling for just a taste of Jesus. I've been skimming the surface of who he is and being perfectly content with what I get. That's a straight up fact. I was half tempted to be totally discouraged by this piece of information this past week, but it actually did the opposite for me. It gave me motivation to go and seek for the more that I hear people talk about. My grandfather told me this story once, and my aunt has recited it to me a time or two over the last few years about a little boy and his red wagon. This story fits so perfectly to what has happened between me and God over the last week that I think I will share it here for y'all. The story goes that this little boy had a red wagon that he just loved. He played with this wagon every single day, but he had played with it so much that it was looking kind of worn out, run down, basically on its last wheel. The paint was peeling and certainly not shiny and red anymore, and the handle was broken. The wheels were barely turning when he pulled it behind him, loaded down with his toys. One day, his daddy came to him and said, Give me this wagon because it's junk. It needs to be thrown out. It's no good anymore. And the little boy cried and cried, and he refused to give his daddy his beloved wagon. He just couldn't bear to part with it, no matter how worn out it was. His daddy gave up on this day, but came back the next day with the same request. Let me have your wagon, son. It's time to throw it out. Once again, the little boy cried and cried, begging his daddy not to take it from him. Daddy gave up on this day too. And this went on for several days until finally one day, his daddy asked him for that wagon one more time. And this time, the little boy seemed to have had his fill of fighting the inevitable. And with tears in his eyes and streaming down his little cheeks, he surrendered that old broken down wagon over to his daddy. Turning around, sniffling as he walked away, he heard his daddy say, son, wait. And as he turned around to face his father, he saw next to him a new little red wagon, shiny red with a working handle and four brand new working wheels and he learned that this had been waiting for him all along. All he had to do was give up the old one. Y'all, I have come to this realization recently that this is how we are with God. This is how I am with God. Let me just be honest. How many of us say we want more of Him but we don't give up the old stuff in our lives that's keeping us from experiencing the more that we're asking for. I've had several moments this past week where I forced myself to take a good look at my heart and compare it 
to my words. And I've noticed that sometimes I give really great lip service. I say one thing, but my heart gives my true motives away to God. I might be able to fool myself and fool other people, but I can't fool him. He knows the truth. And a lot of times, most of the time, he knows it before I do. David says in Psalm 19:14, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. How can the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to God? I believe with my whole heart that it's when my heart matches my words. You guys, it's time to give up the old stuff. And let me just tell you, I'm talking more so to myself than anyone who's listening. If this is for you, perfect. But it's time to give up the old stuff, the stuff that's no longer serving us, the stuff that's hindering our desperation for God, the stuff that we desire more than we desire Him. It's time to let it go. It's time to stop saying we want more of God and actually allow His transforming power to change our hearts to reflect those words. That's what I want this year. I don't want my words to be lip service. I don't want Jesus to say to me one day, as he did the Pharisees, these people, this woman honors me with her lips, but her heart is far from me. I want him to see my heart and know without a doubt that I desire him more than anything in this world and more than anything this world could ever offer. I want to close this one out today by reading something I found in my new devotional by Paul David Tripp called New Morning Mercy. The header is a tweet that he posted which says, God is unwilling to be your means to what you call the good life. Your relationship with him must be your definition of the good life. Now I'm going to read how he elaborates on that statement and then we'll close in prayer. He says, we do tend to turn God into a delivery system. We get excited about what he can do for us and what he can give us. We fall into thinking of prayer as asking God to sign the bottom of our self-composed, self-oriented, individualized wish list. You know, what would we like God to give us that we can't give ourselves? We set our hearts on things that we think will make us happy. Perhaps it's the love of another person and our detailed picture of marital bliss. Perhaps it's a certain level of affluence and all the things we could experience and enjoy as a result. Maybe it's ministry, success, influence, and acclaim. Maybe it's freedom from sickness or suffering. Perhaps it's just a good week or a nerve-free job interview. Maybe it's a succulent steak, a good vacation, or children who turn out all right. Now, in a way, none of these things is inherently evil, but there's something wrong about the whole system. So many of our ideas of what the good life is don't actually have God in them. We envision the good quite apart from the grace of His presence, promises, and provisions. It is the subtle belief that life somehow, some way can be found outside Him, that the world is capable of being our Savior. And because we fall into believing that life can be found outside Him, 
God isn't central to our dreams. He's not in our dreams. The only way he actually touches many of our dreams is that we see him as the delivery mechanism of the good life that we dream of and ask him to produce. He is not life to us. He's the deliverer of life. He is not the end that we hunger for. He's but the means to the end we crave. It's all a spiritual world turned upside down. In our fantasies of the good life, we are sovereign. We decide what is right, good, important, and valuable. We define what life is. We control the agenda and set the timetable. The menu of the good life is written by us. It has us at the center. It's God employed by us to do our bidding, and if He does, we will thank Him and proclaim His goodness. It is self-centered religiosity that bears little resemblance to the faith of the Bible, yet it is so easy to set yourself up as sovereign. It's so tempting to think that you know what's best for you. It's so natural to shop horizontally for what you will only ever find vertically and to question why God failed to deliver. Psalm 103 says that God satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Those good things come in a person, and his name is Jesus. Yes, it is true. Jesus is the good life that you need, no matter what is on your wish list. I love that. That was so powerful. All right, let's pray. Oh Lord, I have had enough of this world and what it tries to offer me. I have had enough of hanging on to these old desires that are clearly not what you have planned for me. Because in the process of hanging on to them, I have kept you from giving me what you prepared for me long ago. So Lord, I repent of my stubbornness and rebellion and ask you to change my heart today to match my words. I want more of you. Whatever that looks like, Lord, I submit to your will today. And I surrender all of my selfish desires to you and ask you, Lord, to give me your desires for me. I pray for my listening friends who have come into this new year also wanting more of you, Lord. Show them in your merciful way what is hindering them from knowing you more and help them by the power of your Holy Spirit let those things go. Help us all submit to your will, Lord, because it is so much better than ours. You are a good and gracious and merciful and forgiving King, and we love you, Lord. So we worship you with our surrender today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, that is all I have for you today. I hope you've been encouraged. I know I have. So until next time, this has been Amanda at Chronicles. See ya. Chronicles of a Delivered Pit Dweller is now available on multiple platforms, including Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Share this and other episodes with a friend today. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to check out Chronicles21.com homepage for addiction recovery resources if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction. 
Remember, we don't fight for victory, friends. We fight from it.